Thank you, Lord. If, uh, if you're new to faith and if you're new to uh, maybe this kind of a church situation, we believe that the Spirit of God speaks to us and through us. And uh, it's an opportunity for God to speak in ways maybe that we're not really used to. Love one another. I mean, come on, right? It's like, love one another. Love one another. We're in a series this, this morning. It's part two of a, of a series called Grow. And one of the ways that we grow is we grow in love for one another. <laughs> we grow in, in allowing God to move. And um, yeah, that's just, that's awesome. I love, I love seeing, like, in this time of year, we're in spring, it's getting warmer, the sun is shining, we see new growth everywhere, like it's in the flowers, it's in, in the plants, the trees, the leaves are out, and, we, and it's so in front of us, it's so blatant that we see the growth and, and things that are going on. So in this series, I mean, it's a timely, timely time, wow, a timely time to think about that, and so to reflect on the growth that we see around us, both rapid and in the initial growth that's so big. In, in our gardens and flower beds, it's the time of year when we, when we look and we see which plants actually made it through the winter and which ones didn't. You know, anybody else kind of is like, you, you plant some things and some things make it and some things don't. Last year, I planted three rhubarb plants in, in the end of my flower garden, and, and uh, one of them was doing a little bit better. One was a little bit healthier than, than the others, and so that was... Fall came, and I'm like, I wonder how they're going to do. Well, this, this spring, now I know. That one that was looking a little bit healthier is, is great. It's got leaves on it like this big around. It's going great. The other two are gone. So I know which ones were healthy now. It's just that one was healthy, and it has grown, and it's great to see it growing and being healthy. Last week, as we began this new series, I started by talking about the gap. If you were here, right, the, the gap, and a lot of us are, are recognizing the gap and the challenges that go with that, that, that gap between the promise of God, you know, we, we, we know that God has certain things for us, and yet over here we have seeing those things actually happen. We, the promise and, and the gift, and, and then there's the receiving it or the fruition of that. There's the, the vision, the vision's on this side, and then there's this gap between the vision and seeing it actually come to fruition and sometimes it's difficult to navigate that. Sometimes it's described as having frustration there. There's tension there. There's, there's things that, that aren't pleasant in the gap. It's, it's, it can be very difficult to navigate. And we talked about navigating that well. And I want to encourage you, if you missed that message and you want to kind of keep up to speed on what's going on or you want to refresh her with that, you can actually go to our website, uh, faithhalifax.org or faithhalifax.info. It's in, on both sites, but go to Faith Halifax and, and you can listen to the, the past messages there. And last week I ended with this idea that the gap provides a place for us to grow. We are to grow in the gap. And it, I mentioned that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And like that was the description of him from child to growing up. He grew in the gap. And I believe that each of us has the opportunity to do that. And growth is, is not a necessarily an easy thing. It's not something that, like we want growth to be easy, but it's not always easy. It requires something of us. 
And uh, I want to actually, if we could throw up the growth cycle there again, the, the fancy little circle with all that. Yeah, that's the one. Um, I referred to this last week, and this is just kind of a, a reminder. Now, this information isn't mine. It's like it was 20 years ago or more that I first heard this, this concept of this healthy things grow, and it stuck with me all this time, and I've heard it lots of times since then. But if we look at that up at the top, there's this healthy things grow. So we want to be healthy. And one of the things that shows that we're growing is growing things change. So when you see change, there's, there's growth happening, or there's, it's very difficult to see growth actually happen without change. Well, change brings challenges. I think we can all go, yeah, we can all relate to that. Change brings challenges. We all love change if it's on our own terms, and then life happens. And then challenges cause us to trust God. That's the hope. That's the belief. Like, let's trust God in, change, in these challenges. Trusting God leads to obedience. Obedience makes us healthy, and healthy things grow. And we see that continue, and we see that reflected in Scripture, in the different stories of the Bible, in our own lives, as we continue to look at this idea of healthy things grow. And we talk about that, and we, and we, we refer to that. We talk about growth, but what does it mean to grow for us? Like, what's that look like in our lives? How do we know we're growing? How do we know that we're healthy? What factors contribute to health and growth? And why, God, why does it seem like some people at certain times seem to flourish and others don't? I want to look at this in respect to our walk with God individually and corporately. I want to maybe try to explain and, and look into some of those factors, some of those conditions, some of those things that, that affect growth and, and why sometimes it seems so hard. I mean, if... If, if any of you, um, like, go to the gym or you work out or there's, a, there's an exercise regime that you go through, you recognize that growth, there's a process to it. There's an investment in it, and it's, and it's not always comfortable. You know, there's the wall you've got to push through. There's the pain that you've got to push through. But in order to have growth, you actually have to, to go to the point of beyond comfort. And I think that's the same in our individual lives, and I think it's the same corporately. And I think the two are deeply intertwined. The Apostle Paul, who was one of the writers of many letters to the different churches, Paul went on a missionary journey shortly after Jesus' ministry on earth. And he was an evangelist, he was, he was an apostle, and he traveled around and he planted churches. And then he, he would often write letters back to these churches addressing situations that come up. Yes, even the early church, the very beginning of church, when people started to gather together, there was issues, things that had to be addressed. There was division, there was sin, there was all kinds of things happening. The early church was not perfect, which is a relief to us because we know that we're close, but we're not quite there yet. So he's established these churches and he's writing these. And one of the situations that came up in a church in a city called Corinth, which was in Greece at that time, Paul had planted this church there, and there were some other people ministering there as well. There was a guy named Apollos. And, and some of the people were like, well, I follow Paul. I mean, he's the most important one. And the other people were saying, well, well, I follow Apollos, or I follow it. And so they start, there started to be some division in the church between these different people. And Paul's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys, listen. So if you have a Bible with you, we can pick up the story in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, New International Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 5, and picking up that story there. Paul's talking, and he says, what, after all, is Apollos 
And what is Paul? It's like, come on, guys, work with me here. What, after all, is Paul? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you've come to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each of us his task. He says, we're just doing what God called us to do. Then Paul says in verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything. Like, we don't get credit, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and I believe that purpose is harvest. I mean, you plant and you water expecting something from it. And each will be rewarded according to his own labor, not according to the results, which are up to God. For we are God's fellow workers. So he's describing him as a policy. And he says, you are God's field, God's building. You are God's field, God's building. Now, if we look at this analogy, I'm going to get a little bit teachy now, but it's, it's okay. As we look at this analogy, we see the connection being made between the sowing and, you know, and the preaching, the gospel, right? So there's the sowing of the seeds, so that's the preaching of the gospel, and the watering in, in this endeavor of evangelism. And the point that Paul was making was that the person who shares the message, the one that actually sows the seed, doesn't get take credit for the results. They just do what they do. The results belong to God, and so does the credit. It's a divine process. So when we think about growth as a person, as we grow, as we, as we trust God, as we serve God, as we continue to, to reach out and, and try to find ourselves on the right side of the growth cycle, as we try to you know, engage in that process, we see that God is very much involved in that process. It talks about faith and trusting God and acting in obedience. And as we do that, God works and brings growth because we can't do it. People are a part of the process as well. I mean, God makes it possible. God drives that thing. But we, as his children, we, as his followers, we are part of that process. We're there in the trusting God part. It's up to us. We can either do or not. It's there in the obedience. We can either obey or not obey. It's in, it's in those things. Paul tells the people in verse 9 that you are God's field. It's like you, you as people, you are that receptor of the seed. You are the field. Now, I try my best at my place, the street on which we live, to make sure that my property is well kept. Now, I'm not OCD. I'm not obsessive about it. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not out there counting every blade of grass or anything like that. I just try to make sure that I don't, that my place isn't the worst looking place on the street because, you know, that kind of keeps you out of trouble with the housing, whatever, the, the, the committee there. But I do spend some time and money in the process to try to make sure that the lawn looks good, the flower beds look good, stuff like that. The house looks good. Now, when they built the house, what, 17 years ago or more, whatever, when they built the house, they did a nice job of landscaping. But they were pretty skimpy on the topsoil, like really skimpy. Like it looked okay, but it's like it was, you know, you could measure it in millimeters. So... It does make it a bit of a challenging place to grow grass sometimes, depending on the weather. It's like it's either great or it's not there. So I actually even brought in some compost and topsoil and so on just to kind of help my cause a little. Because the soil, depending on the condition of the soil, it makes a big difference on whether you can grow stuff. It's like when, when it comes to plants, the soil has a huge impact on growth. When I was on the farm, we were farming there and we had... 
several acres of land that we farmed for different things and, and depending on what was growing there, we would, we would take soil samples around that field and we would send it in for analysis because it helped us to know the condition of the soil. It measured the pH, which is, you know, whether it's acidic or basic or whether it's balanced. It's like it, it measured the nutrients that were in the soil. Like, is there lots of, you know, potassium? Is there, is there lots of, of all those different things that are, that are needed, the potash and all those different things that are needed for things to grow? And it helped us to know how to be able to help, <laughs> help Mother Nature along the way to make things grow. Because we wanted to grow good crops. And when it comes to growing good crops, the soil matters. I want to share one of Jesus' parables with you this morning. And, and a parable, just, in, just for background, again, getting a little teachy, but a parable was a story told to, to convey a teaching or purpose or whatever. It didn't actually have to happen, right? It was a story made up to make a point. It wasn't historically based. It was just a story about that Jesus told. So he was very very strategic in, in he was free to use the palette, right? So he was free to use any thoughts that came to mind to be able to do this. And he chose a farming type of analogy because that's what they did. They immediately understood. When he started to tell this story, it would be very easy. Now, us in an urban setting, I think most of us still would know about seed and soil and so on like that. But really, like this really, really meant something. He chose this well. And so I want to re read the story, that, and remember, Jesus was telling the story. He wasn't teaching about growing things, but that was the story he told to teach about something else, okay? So Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 3 to 9 to start with. So it's Matthew, the first, first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 to 9. Verse 3 begins with this. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed. Okay, he had their attention. All right, so picture this. Farmer goes out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. If you've got ears to hear, then listen to this parable. Right? So he would have had their attention. He was a farmer out sowing seed. Now, really, any, any farmer worth his seed would not sow seed on a path. If they had a choice, they would not sow it amongst rocks either. And if they had another choice, they wouldn't sow it amongst weeds. But he's making the point. He's getting their attention. He's like, he's like hey, this is where the seed fell. So people look like, like what, what's he talking about? And this is a great parable because it's one of the greatest things about this parable. Jesus tells us what it means a few verses later. <laughs> I love that. He actually translates his own parable for, for the disciples. And we get to listen in on the explanation which makes us look way smarter than the crowds that were there because they were trying to figure out what's he talking about with seed and weeds and all that stuff. So this is how he explains it to them in verse 18. So he's speaking to his closest followers. He says, listen then to what this parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, that's the seed, and does not understand it, the evil one comes in and snatches it away, what was sown, what was sown in their heart. 
That's the seed sown, among, or sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, but since they have no root, the only lasts a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. They, they fall away quickly. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. So he explains who these different people are. I want to just uh, also include Luke, and this isn't up on the notes, but Luke chapter 8, 14. Luke's telling the same story in the very last couple verses there. He tells it a little bit different. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but they go on their way and are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. God, let this word resonate in our hearts. Right? So I said it's a parable. So it's not, about, it's not about gardening. It's about the word and the conditions, the growing conditions of a person's heart. It talks about, you know, the path, the rocky ground, the weeds, the good soil. I mean, it talks about the field, but it also says what it actually means. It represents the people that hear the message. It's our hearts and minds. In this parable, the growth of the seed is determined by the type of soil that it falls on. I want you to think about that. The growth of the seed, it's the same seed that falls on all four types of soil. It's the exact same seed. The seed is good. And it says that if someone doesn't understand the message, if they don't get it, if their hearts are not receptive... Then the enemy swoops in and steals away the, the truth before it can even start to transform a life. If, if the soil is shallow, right, if we don't have much there, if our acceptance of the message is superficial, if we don't allow it to really get into us, then it doesn't last when trouble and persecution comes. The word is still the same. The thorns, the weeds, they represent that culture that we live in that wears us down over time. We lose our focus. It starts small, and it seems easy enough to handle, but, but it gets out of hand if, if, if left unchecked. I mean, having grown up gardening, farming, and all that stuff, this is such a great analogy. Weeds. Oh, my goodness, weeds. You know how you know what a weed is? It's a thing, whatever's in your garden that grows the best that you don't want. That's a weed. And weeds, if, if you stay on it, if, you, if you're in your garden practically every day and you're in there and you keep the weeds pulled when they're small, you're going to do good because what's supposed to be there is going to get bigger and, and, and that works so good. But my goodness, go on vacation for a week or week and a half. And of course, the whole time you're gone, it, it rains twice and then it's sunny and warm all the rest of the time. And you come back and whatever you planted is like, this high, and the weeds are up this high, and they are th something to contend with at that point. They get out of hand, and they choke out what you're trying to grow if left unattended. I'm not sure. Some of the leadership guys that I read, I don't know if it was Kerry Newhoff or whether it was Craig Rochelle or just who it was, but they've got this thing. 
they talk about problems that you face. And they put it to you this way. A big problem is usually a small problem that you didn't deal with when you should have. A big problem, they, usually, they rarely just poof, come out of the blue, and there's this big problem. Usually, it's something that was there and was small, but didn't get dealt with. Many times our, our lives, it's true of us as well, that those big problems, those big things that we're dealing with, started small. But the worries of life choke us out. Mm. And then there's the good soil. The good soil. I love how Luke describes it. A good and noble heart. Those who hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop. It's, it's the heart that's receptive it retains it, like it takes it in. It allows it to go deep into us. And then it perseveres with it. Like we've been talking about the growth cycle and we've been talking about trusting God and we've been talking about obedience. We've been talking about the gap. There, there's a place of perseverance in that, of stick to where we, we don't give up, where we allow it to continue, that we fight for it, that we allow it to take deep root in our lives. I recently had a chance to be in British Columbia for a, the General Conference of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, of which we're a part. And um, having been a, a, a partner and, and owner of a sawmill, I get out there amongst those trees and I'm just like blown away. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. But the striking thing about some of those trees is the root system. They might be growing on what looks like rock, but they find little cracks in the rock and they put their roots down and they spread their roots out and they, they allow what God gave them, their roots, to find the nourishment even in rocky soil. And they let that go down and when the wind blows, they stand. When it's dry, they've got their roots down deep enough that they can get what they need. They get the nutrients. They squeeze that out of the rock if they have to. But they grow and they flourish. They stick with it. As much as it is God who brings growth, we have to ask ourselves, how are our hearts? What is the growing condition? What are the growing conditions of our field? How receptive are we? Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, again in the New International Version. Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament speaking to the nation of Israel in exile. And as Hosea speaks to the people, he challenges them with a word from the Lord that says, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. I'm actually going to ask the, the team to come back as we continue here, it's like, break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. There's a sense in this verse that we can actually do something to make our soil more receptive to what God is doing. There's a, there's a, there's a plowing, there's a preparation, there's a softening and an investment. And then there's a call to seek the Lord to be open to the transforming power of the gospel. 
There's a scene in a movie called Facing the Giants that I've, I've watched where there's this old man that prays for the students at the school that, that there's, the main character is a head coach. I just want to get you to direct your attention to the screen there for a moment. We're going to look at this video as the worship team comes. And I want you to hear this little parable that this old guy throws at the head coach. Which one are you? See, Coach Taylor was in the gap. It's not fun in the gap. And he was praying in the gap. And the old guy says, you know, we can pray for rain. We can believe for God to move in our lives. We can pray for that. But are we willing? Are we willing to invest in it before we see it happens? See, plowing's hard work. Plowing costs you something. It's part of the process where you're investing in something before you ever get a chance to see any results from it. It's a process of faith in a huge way. Because when a, plow, when a farmer goes out to plow the fields in the spring, he has no guarantee that the weather's going to cooperate. He has no guarantee that you know, pests won't come in, that blight won't come in, that some disease won't come in and kill his crop. No guarantee that, the, that the, the seed will sprout. All he can do, like farmers are some of the most faith-filled people on the planet. All they can do is trust the process. All they can do is trust that if they sow, that it will take root, it will grow, and they will reap a harvest. But you don't throw seed on the pavement. You put it in good soil. The seed gets sown. Here this morning, maybe you're here today, and if you're real honest with yourself, you would say that you're not really growing. Like you're kind of in, maybe you're a bit stagnant. Maybe you're kind of frustrated in the gap. You're in the gap and you're like, ugh. Maybe you've even prayed that you would grow. But when you take stock of the condition of your fields, you'd have to admit you're not really growing. And you would also have to admit that if God did send the rain, maybe you're not ready to receive it. I want us to take a few moments here this morning to examine our fields. I want us to ask ourselves if our hearts are receptive, are receptive to grow with what God wants to facilitate in our hearts. Can we stand together? I want us to really reflect on, on this parable personally personally, because I believe as we deal with it personally, it'll affect the whole church. But I want us to think about this. It may be overall, but maybe it's just an area of your life, an area of your life where you're believing for growth, where you know that you're struggling or you know you're having a hard time with. And when you look at your heart, you realize, you know what? My heart is as hard as flint. It couldn't receive a seed if it tried. And maybe this morning, like Hosea was saying to the Israelites, Maybe it's time we allowed our hearts to be broken up for that plow to come in and to turn the sod, to come in and prepare, to, to break things up, to, make us, to bring us to that place of receptivity to what God wants to do. Maybe we, we realize that we've been kind of shallow when it comes to the things of God. You know, we're like, woohoo! It's like we get started, we, we step out first thing, and we're excited, and we're, you know, we've got our arms raised, and we're the most passionate one at church, and, and, and then Monday comes. 
And, and, we, and we realize that it's like, you know, we've got it in a moment, but when the really kind of, when the rubber hits the road, we, we find ourselves, you know, maybe I'm not as committed to this <laughs> as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not quite as prepared to, to keep going. And we find ourselves a bit shallow in our walk with God. And, and, and trust me, we all have those moments. We're all in that place at times. Maybe, maybe you recognize some thorns in your life. Maybe they're time stealers. Maybe they're that pet sin. Maybe they're the allure of success. Maybe they're the allure of something else. But, but you recognize that there's things in your life that have choked out your growth. They've choked out your, your relationship with God. And they've, they've left you stunted and unproductive and unfruitful. And today, in the midst of this safe environment of the presence of God, God's saying, hey, we can deal with that. I believe God wants to actually send the rain. I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit into our lives. I, I believe God wants to bring life. I believe God that wants to pour life into our hearts and our minds, into our spirits, into who we are. And if we're receptive to it, if we would soften our hearts, growth will happen and God, God will bring that growth. Which one are you? You know, sometimes soil gets a bit acidic. Things happen and the pH gets all thrown off and, and things don't grow good in, in acidic soil. Some, some do, but it's like maybe it's bitterness. Maybe something's happened. Maybe there's been a situation where somebody has offended you and that offense has actually soured you to a lot of things. And that souredness is actually affecting your relationship with God. It's like, no, God and I are good. It's just everybody else I have a problem with. Right? And sometimes it's tough to get to that place where God, bring in what you need to bring in to make my heart a place where you can grow and flourish and bring life. So this morning as we continue in worship, I want to pray for you, but as we go into worship, as we worship God in this atmosphere of faith, in this atmosphere of the presence of God to minister to us where we're at, God will take the pavement and turn it into topsoil. God will take the stones and pull them back from our lives. God will pull out those weeds in an effort to make us fruitful and healthy and grow. But will we let him do it? God, I pray, Lord, we gather in your name and your presence by your spirit here this morning, believing, God, that you desire to open the heavens and to pour out your spirit upon us, to let it rain, that the rain would fall. And Lord, as it falls, may it fall on the soil of our hearts that is receptive. May our minds be open to what you're doing. May our hearts be open to the flow of what you're doing in us. God, that we could release things to you, the weeds, the bitterness, the different things, the stones, the shallowness, Lord, that we would surrender those things to you and allow, God, you to minister to us on a deep level. Lord, even as we worship this morning, God, do a work in the midst of our hearts. God, we want to grow. We want to get past it. Lord, we want to thrive in the gap, not just survive. So, Lord, have your way, I pray, as we worship in Jesus' name. Amen.